Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mates Raids Podcast episode 28. How are you all doing, everyone? It's been um, like three weeks since I've done a podcast episode. Um, so yeah, it's uh, been a while, but as you can probably tell if you follow me on the socials, uh, you know you know why. Um, so happy Wu-Tang Wednesday, everyone, uh, which is when I'm recording this. Um, I finally did my fucking short film. <laughs> Finally, oh my god, let me tell you how um, good it feels to get that out. Um, yeah, where do I even where do I begin with it? So, um, this podcast is going to be split depending on how much time that I actually have uh, between uh, between talking about my short film and the process behind that. And then obviously just going into, uh, what I've missed and what has been happening for the last uh, few weeks. So yeah, short film is done. It's out. It's been out for a couple of days. Um, thank you for everyone that has watched it. Um, it's, kind of crazy that you know like a few hundred people have watched it already like that's that's fucking nuts i know in the grand scope of things it's not much when it comes to video views but um the thing i always kind of go back to is translating those numbers into people because like those views are unique views so yeah putting a couple hundred people in a room is pretty fucking sick that's for sure <clears throat> So first off, thank you for everyone that has watched it and given feedback and, you know, told me that they loved it, they hated it, whatever. Um, just thank you for just checking it out in general. So as I said before in my YouTube video, I wrote this uh, during lockdown last year and it was funny. There was like the process was with the writing, it went through a lot of different versions originally it was it was still it's always been a comedy but it was very um technical um sided I guess you could say so you know I did this whole bit where I spoke about you know um, like I wrote in the dialogue that they should the original concept was the influencer fucked up he didn't fuck a pig but he did something messed up and then they did an apology video, like the influencer managers did their own apology video purely for their own benefit, like their own financial benefit because they released it on their own YouTube channel and that's how they got the money. And it, it is a funny concept, but you really got to spoon feed that to a greater audience. So after workshopping it, um, sorry, just need to get my cat. <laughs> after workshopping it with the actors, um, it was just like a mutual agreement that it wasn't, it wasn't working, and I was ending up with more questions than answers, which is it's it's that's the worst part is when you're writing. It's like ah fuck, like you know, um, you get the questions of someone who doesn't know this space, doesn't know the, like what entails in terms of. Um, the social media world. So I was like, fuck it. All right, let's kind of strip it back and just make it a ridiculous, outrageous comedy. And I think I, I think I did it. I think I um kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head in terms of what I wanted to achieve with it. Um just trying to just trying to think. Yeah, so that it went through probably like, I don't know, 
a dozen or so versions before I landed on the actual final script. I'm pretty sure it was about a dozen rewrites. <clears throat> and do you know what's really funny? I actually originally had a Prince Philip joke in there, um, which is always a good time, um, but he actually died while I was writing it. <laughs> so I couldn't really, like, I could... I could have well and truly still kept that joke in there. I had no problem doing it. But then I thought, oh, fuck, man, you know, like white people just go nuts. So that's when it switched to the royal wedding. Okay. You see the fucking correlations now? You see the wheels spinning in my head? Um, so, yeah, that was that was basically the writing process. And it was honestly so much fun. Um, it was really good. I just have to have a huge shout out to um, Alice and Jonathan, uh, the actors in it, because they brought a lot to the table and it was just a really fun experience just sitting around laughing, coming up with ideas of like jokes and things like that to fill in the space because um, they didn't really understand the influencer space that well. So I came with all of that knowledge and that's what the core of the script is. But when it came to the ridiculousness of it and how far we could stretch the jokes, that was that was a collaborative effort from everyone, and that was the most fun part of it. Is just saying seeing how far we could push it, and initially, it was actually a lot bigger in terms of the um, the jokes. Like you know, we had a lot more ridiculous jokes in there. We had, yeah. Basically that <laughs> we pushed it too far and then stripped it all back once we were doing blocking and rehearsals. And that's really something that's really important when you're doing uh, film is doing these things, whether, whether it's table reads, we did like five table reads. Uh oh, you can see my, if you're watching the video version, you can see my cat trying to jump up on my, um, <laughs> on my shelving unit. Cause yeah, he hasn't had enough attention today. Um, Oh, where, where was I at with it? Uh, I, I've forgotten because my cat fucking distracted me. That's it. Podcast is over. Six and a half minutes. That'll do. No. <laughs> um, so I'm just carefully watching my cat. I'm just going to put him on my lap. That sounds like a, a good plan. So yeah, big shout out to Alice and Jonathan for getting, for coming up with their ideas and helping me piece together this ridiculous, ridiculous absurd story um and yeah it i'm just i'm just trying to think of like where i i'm wildly unprepared for this i feel like it's my oscar speech you know just what am i gonna say of all these people in front of me um no okay so the writing process oh that's what i was gonna say yeah we did um, a bunch of table reads, uh, which was really good to kind of fine tune the script. And then we did um, a day of, well, not a day, but like, you know, a couple of hours of blocking at location, getting it right. Um, and yeah, and then we came around to shoot day and like, fuck man, like getting the shoot organized was, um, it was a challenge and a half. Let me tell you what, like, you know, I had... DPs locked in and then they had to bail because, you know, they had other commitments or something else came up, which is totally understandable for these indie projects because you're relying on your homies to do it for basically nothing or an extremely low rate. So if another gig comes up, I totally understand if they got a dip to do that. Um, but yeah, managed to get the smallest um, crew 
together imaginable for it just to get the just to get the job done. And again, shout out to you know uh, Campbell, Rob, Cameron, uh, Jesse, and of course my wife Caitlin for helping out on set. That was that was a lot of fun. It's funny <laughs> when I so our soundie's name is Rob Rogers. Just let that sink in. Rob Rogers was his name, and I messaged my friend who recommended it to me to him, and I was like, "Bro, you like that? You're fucking with me. That no one has that name." It gets wilder. His name is Rob Roger the Fourth. That's nuts. Rob Rob Rogers or Rob Roger? I've already forgotten. I'm bad. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, the shoot was just like a lot of fun, and I'm currently working on the um behind the scenes video but there'll be like some bloopers and stuff in there as well um because yeah like some of that shit was really funny but um we shot that whole thing in four hours which is fucking nuts it was like how many i'm gonna bring up my script because i got my laptop in front of me but we yeah we shot the whole here it is v13 is how many i got how many versions i got so it's an eight page script and we shot that in four hours so <clears throat> we did two pages an hour which was nuts um we wrapped pretty late we wrapped at like 11 30 and by the time we got out of location and stuff it was probably quarter to one um so and yeah we did it on like a weekday <laughs> so i feel bad for everyone had to go to work the next day um but yeah, it's it's nuts that we managed to do so much in such a little time. Um, and, yeah, I'm just trying to think. And, yeah, when it comes to the actual production of it, um, there's obviously so much more that I wanted to do with it. Initially, there was two locations. So the nighttime montage scene was actually done at someone at um, Alice's house. I scouted out this fucking dope, like, penthouse-type location in St. Kilda. We're going to go there and film it. But it just didn't make sense. Like, that was in, like, the older versions of the of the script. So it I don't know why we ended up scrapping. It was something to do with the script. It just didn't... It just didn't match, and I wanted the whiteboard idea, and I wanted to hold that till the end, and then it just kind of made sense to keep everything in the office. But um, it's crazy because someone online, an absolute fucking psychopath, did a 35-minute review on my short film that goes for seven minutes. Um, again, crazy. But shout out to that person who did it because I actually had like a lot of constructive things to talk about. Um, and I basically agreed with all of his feedback and he gave me props, which is good as well. Cause I thought, you know, I was like, Oh fuck half an hour. Here we go. He's going to stop every two seconds and tell me what I did wrong. <clears throat> and you know, it's a fucking indie short. We did it for like a thousand bucks, mate. And a lot of favors and a pile of pizzas. Okay. Like we're not, well, I'm yeah. don't have the biggest things, but no, he was really fair with it. And he understood it was like low budget. And, um, yeah, he actually brought that up saying like it get, it got a bit stale for seven minutes of being at the same location. And I totally, totally agree. Um, seven minutes is way too long for one location, but we just didn't have the time or budget to do other locations and things like that. And that, that's purely what a lot of film comes down to is just time and money. Um, but I did everything I wanted to. I got it over the line and that's all that matters. Um, 
we didn't really have much room to breathe in terms of like how many takes we could do. So like each um, thing, each scene that we did, um, I did about three takes of it and moved on. But if there was like a certain joke I wanted to get, we we did that like a few times. Like the line where Alice says, oh, he didn't eat it. He just fucked it. We did that like six times, just that line. Because <laughs> I really wanted to get that line. Which was a lot of fun. So... Yeah, um, and then obviously, you know, post-production was just just fucking post-production really, wasn't it? It's funny because when I was doing the color grade, um, I was finishing it. It was ba- it was done actually. And then when I exported it, it looked different. And I was like, what's going on here? found out it was like some tech shit that I had to do in my settings. So I did that and then it reset my whole color grade. <laughs> I didn't like fully reset it, but it like undid a lot so then I had to go back through it and then apply like a new color grade and this is just fucking tech error at this point but yeah no I'm really happy with how it um with how it came out and as I mentioned in my previous YouTube video before I released it it doing doing something like a short film takes a lot of fucking effort okay this shit is not easy especially when you're doing it solo and again not much no money involved and things like that Something that I got told very, very early on in my career is just to, well, not even that early, to be honest with you. It was actually kind of recent. (laughs) But something that I got told is by someone who I really look up to is just do something and just get it out there. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter if it's fucking amazing or shit. Just get something out there because he said 99 percent of the struggle is just doing something and getting it out there and I totally agree um and I feel like there has been some form of criticism towards the short film and that's fine everyone's got their opinion I don't really give a fuck but you know a lot of that criticism in a way and so fucking I don't want to put myself on pedestal here and talk about too much but a lot of it's kind of come from a place of jealousy of might be other people in the industry or other peers or whoever in your life who is just jealous that you've gone and done that thing. And that makes me sleep well at night. <laughs> Instead of being like, oh, why do they hate it? Freaking out over it. But it's true um, because I've been, in that, I've been that person. I've been really sold early on in my career, and this is fucking confession time. um, When I was doing music videos, I was getting jealous of my friends that were doing music videos for bands that were, um, you know, of some form of status. And they were doing like these cool videos. And instead of giving them props, I was just jealous and I was angry at them. And it's funny because one of my closest fucking friends, I didn't speak to him for six months. And it was purely from a place of jealousy. (laughs) So... You know, I'm not naming names, but if uh, you're watching this, my boy, his his name might rhyme with Schmed. <laughs> um, no, nah, shout out to my boy Ed. But yeah, it, um, for anyone who knows my life to that level, yeah, um, there was a time where I wasn't, I didn't really like Ed that much because he's doing really cool music videos, and I and I wasn't. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I that's what I got told really. That's what I got told about the short and it's made me feel a lot better when I see bozos or making, you know, they might be like laughing behind my back and stuff, but I don't care. It's been happening my whole life, so I don't give a shit. 
um, maybe that's like some meta thing and it's like um, I'm saying I don't give a shit, but I'm really giving a shit. <laughs> um, speaking of meta, actually, it's funny because this dude that did this 35-minute review on the short film mentioned something about like I can't remember what it was, but some aspect of the film, he's like, oh, they must have like really put a lot of thought into this thing and I had zero thought into that. And I was like, yep, yep, that's it, mate. That's exactly what I was thinking, <laughs> um, which is like another funny bit of film. Um, you know, we all had to do English in school and study like literature and art and film and stuff. And I remember like, you know, looking into shit way too deep and that's exactly what it is. And Things aren't that deep, you know. Basically, the idea of just the short film was just to make people laugh and just to come out um, as, like, my debut piece as, like, a writer-director to be like, yo, I can write and direct, you know. I, I know, like, I, I'm a commercial filmmaker by trade, but I, I can write and direct. So here you go. Have some content. Enjoy. And I might do more in the future. Um it's definitely inspired me to do more, like a thousand percent. Um, again, it's just like that initial getting it out there. And I'm having the same fucking feeling that I had when I started filming bands. Exact same fucking feeling, man. I remember the first time I filmed a band and I was like, I want to be doing this shit. And I fucking did it. And, you know, maybe maybe, maybe my whole writing directing career might fall on its ass. But, at this, but I'm saying no to that idea because I'm really hyped to do it more. So I really hope you enjoy it. Um, I'm going to start submitting it to some online festivals and seeing how it goes, but um, I don't know, man. Maybe I shouldn't. It's like a lot of, it's a lot of money. <laughs> and I don't really care for these people's opinion. Um, so yeah, I still don't know what I want to do with it. I'm, I might turn it to a mini-series just about the apology, I might just turn that whole world concept. I might deep further, um, you know, think further about that into a mini series, or I might just fucking move on and do my own thing. Um, but I'm keen to get back into more writing, um, which is why I haven't really been doing much of the podcast lately. I've been kind of uh, this is like check on yourself uh, type time of the um, podcast and, you know, it got deep and can dim the lights and shit like that. But um, as exciting as it has been to release the short film, I've just kind of been, I'm, I'm not going to exude my issues to uh, people online, but um, I have been struggling a lot mentally lately. Uh, the lockdown kind of fucked me um, and just a myriad of other things. Um, and maybe it's like the life of an artist or some shit like that. I don't know if you want to think about it in like at that meta deep term, but, uh, yeah, I haven't been well mentally. Um, and, but, you know, I had to take that time off to really just focus my energy on the short film. Cause I've been working so much as well, man. Like I've been fucking bust my ass off on set or in an edit and then coming home and then just and working on the short film. It's all I've been doing <laughs> for the last few weeks. But um, yeah, I am feeling better, especially now that I've got the short film out there and I've got some you know positive affirmations. You know, I'm not I'm not ready to fucking hang up my camera gear just yet. That's that's for sure, folks. Um, 
Uh, but yeah, no, things like that and releasing the YouTube video actually has given me like a huge uh, boost of confidence and I'm really keen to do more YouTube videos actually. Um, especially just after doing that YouTube video, the one that I released before the short film, kind of, you know, hyping it up a little bit. <laughs> um, because, yeah, ah, oh, fuck, man, I just had the biggest mental blank. This is like, uh, um, you know, side effect of what I've been going through. I've just been blanking hard lately, which, again, that's like why I've been struggling to do this podcast. <clears throat> Making excuses. Uh, but yeah, I'm keen to do more YouTube videos because I did that whole YouTube. Now, to give context, normally with my YouTube videos, it takes me like two hours to do. In terms of talking to the camera, I get nervous. I don't know what I'm saying. I stumble my words. Sometimes I restart the whole thing. Um, but that YouTube video where I was just talking about my short and just made a bunch of jokes, that I filmed all of that in like 10 minutes which was fucking sick. Uh, I don't know if you could tell I filmed it in 10 minutes, <laughs> but I filmed it in 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, I did that and it just kind of made me realize, oh, maybe I have a knack for talking online. And this podcast has definitely helped with that, you know? Oh, sorry, I'm just feeling a bit, feeling a bit... Um, run down at the moment so I, I do apologize um, but yeah I am kind of more motivated now to do more shit for YouTube because there's just like so many times where I've written jokes and or watch something and I think I can laugh about it and I'm like there's no way I can develop this more into something like a short and this would be something that just lives on as like a reaction video or a little sketch video so I'm now kind of looking more into that. And that's exactly how the apology started. It was literally me just like watching these influencers fuck up religiously. And I was like, ah, gotta, I gotta, you know, clown on these losers. And then, uh, yeah, the rest is history. Um, what was that sound? Oh, my laptop's about to take off. That's fucking sick. Well done. Um, all right. What else do I have in my notes? I've got a lot here because, um, I have not been here for a few weeks. Um, so, what where, where, where do I want to talk out? Let's 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 go into film review out. Let's keep the let's keep the fucking movie shit going here, folks. So, I just want to say I went to the movies for the first time since the pandemic, and boy did I miss that shit. I've been to the drive-ins uh, once, and I've been to a rooftop cinema once since the pandemic. Not the same as being in an actual cinema, though, with, you know, the, the fucking surround sound and the popcorn and shit, like, the good shit. So, went to see A Quiet Place Part 2 and did not disappoint. John Krasinski is a fucking killer writer-director, and he absolutely smashed that movie out of the park. However, the movie was really loud. First time in a, over a year since I've been to the fucking movies. And I forgot how loud the movie was, and I was about to... Talk, I nearly turned to Caitlin and asked them and said, should I ask him to turn the, the fucking movie down? Because <laughs> I was like, a movie supposed to be this loud? I have forgotten. Um, had a good few jump scares, nearly threw the popcorn out of my fucking hands, which is always a fun, embarrassing moment. <laughs> so, yeah, went to see Quiet Place Part 2, which was, it, it's a, again, it's one of those 
I think just being in that environment, accumulation of that and finishing my short film, just these things have just really like motivated me to get back into the world of, of movies and stuff. So definitely keen to go back. Um, next on the list is the new Conjuring movie. I'm really interested about that. And I, you know what? I'm not a huge horror fan. I do like horror films, but I'm not a horror fan. So, but I got to see the Conjuring because I've committed to this universe, <laughs> this Conjuring universe for the past, like what, 10 years. So I got to keep it going. So yeah, that's basically, that's basically it. I'm just trying to think if there was anything more specific I wanted to say about the Quiet Place Part 2. I just, again, I like the idea of expanding on it. It gave me huge Last of Us vibes, which was really cool. I don't know if that was like an inspiration, um, but, well, I don't know. It's, it's a pretty lazy thing, like post-apocalyptic type movie. Kind of anything can relate to The Last of Us now that I think about it. Um, but, yeah, the, again, the sound design of that is fucking phenomenal and goes to show how important it is to have sound in your film um shout out to matt um who plays in antagonist ad if you are into heavy hardcore music um shout out to matt and his band and mainly just matt because he did the sound design um for a short film he came through and really fucking saved the day so shout out to you shout out to your band as well um, back to film review again, I, I watched the, I watched that movie Army of the Dead. Now, if you don't know Army of the Dead, it's a pretty, it's a really good movie. I'm just going to say it's really good. I thought it was fucking fantastic. I thought it was a really interesting concept. So basically the synopsis is it's like a heist movie during a zombie apocalypse, but so the zombie apocalypse only affected Vegas. And then these people go in and, you know, they've got to like recover like $200 million for this guy type thing. It's very Fast and Furious type vibes. Um, that was a terrible and like, you know, terrible comparison because, you know, um, Fast and Furious is like a fucking meme. But <laughs> um, for me, the whole time I was leading up to the movie because I think I only watched the preview once. And it's maybe where I slipped up and didn't think about well, the movie was actually about, but I was like, why are they like recovering money during a zombie apocalypse? Like, wouldn't money be like the last thing that you would want during a fucking apocalypse? But no, like, you know, they go to explain that, you know, um, I don't know if there's explained trailer either, but like Vegas is like completely blocked off from the outside world. Um, and it's just Vegas that's covered, well, you know, infested with zombies. So pretty interesting concept right off the bat. So yeah, it's kind of like an Ocean's Eleven cross, Fast and Furious cross. Um, yeah, Leroy didn't really like that Fast and Furious reference. <coughs> um, cross, you know, The Walking Dead or some shit like that or um, whatever the zombie movie that you enjoy. But um, it's, well, it's just one of those great movies to switch off. Because I told Caitlin it was during lockdown. I was like having the worst time. I was like, I just want a movie where I don't have to fucking think about anything. Because if I think anymore... It's going to be bad. <laughs> and we watched it and it did the job. It just took my mind off everything that was happening. And it was just like a fun movie to watch. That's the best part about it. You should go watch these shit movies. Um, not shit, sorry. You should just watch crazy movies like these because they're just fun to watch. And that's why I, you know, I, I love 
the Fast and Furious franchise because of that. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. You're like, cool, sick, you know, planes blowing up and tanks and shit and dragging massive vaults down the street. Let's go. Let's fucking do it. Like, I don't care. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I start becoming like an over-analysis type person and I, and I started doing that during army of the dead and i was like caitlin and i started talking at the start of the movie and we're like nah 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 we can't fucking do this we need to switch off so yeah it's one of those great movies that you can just take your mind off what whatever's happening in the world and just enjoy it the whole thing if you okay tech hour fucking sue me right this is my it's only my fucking job the whole movie was shot at f1.4. Now, if you see me right now, the background is like really out of focus. Well, a little bit out of focus, I guess. But when you shoot at f1.4, I'm only just in focus, like barely in focus. And the rest of me is fully out of focus. And that's how the whole movie was. And it was weird during the bits of dialogue um, where there's two actors talking side by side and one's out of focus and one's not because they didn't rack focus to the other person or cut to another angle. So you just saw this really blurry figure talking in some scenes. So, um, yeah, that focus puller, give them a fucking Oscar. <laughs> they deserve it. You know, if this is your Oscar, you know, this other microphone, you know, that's, that's what the focus puller should have for that fucking movie. Just, great i also got the thumbnail while i was pausing for that if you're wondering <laughs> um yeah so a very risky choice of of doing that um because you know you might have noticed in another book my short film um there was some scenes where i didn't cut back to one of the actors for whatever line they were dishing back because either the cut was too quick or you know it just didn't matter like the or the audio flowed better that way so that's why I did that, you know, you know, big brain thinking for film. <laughs> so, yeah, but other than that, fucking fantastic movie, you know, makes me want to go back to Vegas. Remember traveling? <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah, and afterwards you're like, oh, depressed because I, I can't go to Vegas. So, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, okay, there is one more thing I want, I kind of want to talk about, actually, and I do have a bunch of shit here that I will talk about um, next week. Oh, maybe not, though, because I might have something else happening next week. Ooh, what am I setting up for next week? Um, anyways, I want to talk about this. There is this amazing YouTube uh, YouTuber, I guess. Well, he's more of a journalist than a YouTuber. Oh, speaking of YouTuber, that whole Friendly Geordie situation. Oh, God damn. Go watch everything about that. Don't watch my fucking hot take on it because everything everything has already been everything has already been said. So wild still though. Um there's this guy on YouTube called Johnny Harris. Now I recommend highly recommend his videos because they are super informative and very interesting. Um yeah, again, he talks about all types of different things. He really like hones in on a topic because uh, you know that's what a journalist does and talks about it he did one on like the why the ice cream machines at um mcdonald's are always broken and holy shit you need to watch that because that's a wild deep conspiracy it's not even a conspiracy it's just like this wild deep like thing that happens anyways he one of his recent videos that we watched during lockdown you know re released a couple of years ago 
is he talked about leaving the Mormon church. Now, you know, I didn't know he was actually Mormon or he used to be, but yeah, he spoke about it and it was really interesting to watch because it's actually kind of similar to what happened in uh, my world. <laughs> now, not not as deep. I was not a Mormon, but I was um, kind of really deep in the church and I'm going to preface it. It's no shade to anyone involved in the church or anything like that. I have my opinions. You have your opinions. It's cool. I'm still friends. I've got friends who are religious and that's totally cool. Okay. I want to preface it with this. There's no shade to them. This is just my own personal experience. So, and it's not extreme as Johnny Harris because when you're, when you're a Mormon, you're born into that religion. I chose to be, you know, I chose to go down like the Christian path. I want, I want, I want to set it up. Sorry, my cat is really, really screaming. Um, I want to set up by saying that oh, what was I going to say. Um, I was heavily involved in the Christian church. You know, I'm going to say it, Hillsong. <laughs> like I was deep in that for a few years, and it was my life. I went to Bible study. I was part of the uh, church bands. And all that kind of stuff, okay? So this is why I'm saying it's relatable to... Uh, this video is similar... This video that he did is very similar to um, what happened in my life. So again, he talks about how crazy it was leaving because, you know, you're born into it. Your family, your friends, everyone in your life is fucking Mormon, okay? So you basically have to reset your whole life. With me, it wasn't the case. I, I had other friends and that was one of the reasons why I left the church, actually. Um... That and a myriad of other things, um, not saying that, you know, I was peer pressured out of the church or whatever. So, yeah, it was it was good to watch because it felt like, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, people don't talk about this enough. You know, um, as much as I did have other friends to go to and stuff, I did lose a big part of my life. And it definitely didn't affect me long term, but the video definitely got me thinking um, about that situation. I thought, oh yeah, that, that did happen to me actually. That, that kind of fucking sucked. You know, I had a lot of people who I thought were cool, just turn their back on me, you know? And which is funny because, you know, that's <laughs> when you think of the church, it's all about love and acceptance and stuff, but not the case. And that's what exactly what Johnny Harris was talking about. You know, um, he left because the ideologies within the Mormon church weren't relate weren't, line up to his his new world views because you know he became a journalist and he traveled the world and he got to experience all these new cultures and it was like hey wait a minute like this is kind of fucked up what we're doing so that was in a nutshell his but again i'm not going to speak for him so go watch his story but yeah um i went to for those who don't know i went to a private religious school um in my tiny little hometown, like I graduated in class was like 40 people. And I do remember when I left the church and it was weird, even with my teachers. Okay. Um, now I did go from one extreme to the other, <laughs> to be fair, because it's funny, like in Johnny's video, like, Oh, you know, I'm pretty sure he said in his video, I didn't go off start, like, you know, doing drugs and stuff like that. Um, I did, <laughs> um, yeah, I did go from one extreme to the other, but um, that's just because I was going through some other things that I'll, I might talk about um, at some point in my life when I'm comfortable to talk about it. 
Um, but yeah, it was. Oh, I was trying to think what, why I even fucking bothered saying that <laughs> then if I wasn't going to talk about it. But yeah, I did go from one extreme to the other. Um, that's right. So I, I did become start becoming disruptive in school. Um, start hanging out with the bad kids. You know, you know how it is. Like when you start running in these streets. Um, but yeah, oh God, why did I? Why did I say that? No wonder I got bullied. Honestly, no wonder I got bullied. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I was disruptive in class, and I actually started looking into Buddhism um, when I was about uh, seventeen because uh, my I had a family member reach out to me and was like, "Yo, I know your life's not good right now because you're really going through some hectic shit." Um, and they gave me some things to think about. Uh, I started meditating and I started and, you know, meditating just kind of snowballed into, uh, Buddhism. Um, I, and for a while, for a long time and still to this day, you know, I do say that I practice Buddhism to an extent, um, mainly like meditation and things like that, because it is like a really interesting thing. Again, not here to talk about that. But basically, I don't know how it came about, but someone, some fucking dickhead at my school found out that I um, was practicing Buddhism and, you know, meditating, whatever. And they brought it up with one of my teachers and then they brought it up in class. Some fucking, I don't know who it was, but fuck you, man. You're such a loser. Someone brought it up in class and they said, oh, Miss works into Buddhism and everyone laughed. Don't know why it's funny, but you know, as a teenager, maybe maybe you find that shit funny. And then she told everyone to settle down because everyone was like starting to make a lot of fun with me. Yeah, this is just like a fucking little pig about what my high school experience was like. And she t- got everyone to stop bullying me. And then she turned to me. I will always remember this for a smile. She turned to me and said, now Warwick, why would you turn your back on God like that? Man, what a bold statement to make. Um, yeah, <laughs> so the, I remember that and I remember um, I remember leaving the class for whatever reason because I was just so fucking upset about the situation. Um, and this is why I do say, you know, I have friends who are religious, but I totally respect their views because I know what it's like to be fucking criticized for my views and made fun of and it's not fucking cool man like you know I was gonna say some really deep but some some shit I probably shouldn't say so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut um but yeah man fuck those people so yeah big you know uh respect to you know um all religions and stuff but you know keep keep religion out of politics you know scomo you know like been, he he's always seen at the Hillsong Church, and I was like, man, I've been there, I've been I've been there, and that in politics, they don't they don't mix at all. I remember, yeah, dude, oh fuck, I could I could talk for ages about this shit, man. I so I used to go on like church camps and all that type of shit. Yeah, okay, okay, get it out, get it out, have a laugh, have a laugh, have a laugh. I went to church camps and whatnot. You know, we did sit by the fire and sing Kumbaya. But I do remember speaking to some of like the older, what, what would you call them? Like the leadership team.
team or something like that, basically adults. And I'd speak to them about things, um, about whatever, I don't know, peer pressure shit or whatever. And they're always so judgmental about it. And I remember I brought up something about homosexuality um, because, you know, a lot of my family is actually gay, you know, just to get it out there in the world, I guess, um, you know, no big deal if you're gay, straight, whatever. Um, but yeah, half my, like half my family is gay and I brought this up. I don't know why I brought this up with, um, whoever it was. And they basically were just saying like, don't ever speak of that shit. Um, <laughs> gay people will go to hell and all that type of judgmental kind of stuff. But then they always say, you know, God is here not to judge you and all this. And like, cause you know, I would tell them I was drinking before I went to church and things like not, not like on the day, but just in general, before I found God, I would drink underage and stuff like that. And they would say, Oh, you know, like God's full of love and he forgives. And I was like, but unless you're gay, you know, you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 man. There's a lot of conflicting statements there. Um, one of many reasons why, um, actually, I can just say it, like, because um, there's nothing hectic. I literally just woke up one day, and it's exactly the same as Johnny Harris, just woke up one day and thought, what am I doing? And I left. I left the church, and um, that's it. And I've always, ever since then, I've always been um, open-minded to other people's faith, faiths and whatnot, and yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm probably, I'm definitely a better person for it now. So, you know, um, shout out to, again, shout out to all the people who are religious and shout out to those who aren't, you know, it is what it is. With that being said, I think we're going to wrap it up folks. Um, cause as you can tell my cat, he really wants to play <laughs> and I have lost my video for some reason. Cause I think my card is full. So thanks again, uh, even though this video is now cut out, um, for tuning in for another episode of the Maceface podcast. You can find me on Spotify and YouTube and all that great shit. And I will see you guys next episode. Peace, love, bye.